Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. It's no surprise that many fear that technology is out of control. AI, facial recognition, and robotics are the stuff of science fear. But it's biotechnology, the understanding of what makes us tick and think and act the way we do, that may be the ultimate frontier, both for human understanding and human abuse by those that are malevolent. If you understand this better than best-selling novelist Robin Cook, he has used his insights into the future to scare the bejesus out of us in his books like Coma, Cure, and Fever. Now, in his latest work, Genesis, he walks us through the cost-benefit analysis of biotechnology, of DNA, and all your simple searches for your ancestry. Robin Cook started his medical career as a general surgeon resident and finished with an ophthalmology residency at Harvard. He's the author of more than 30 international bestsellers and is credited with actually creating and popularizing the medical thriller genre. It all began with his first novel, Coma, which was published 40 years ago, and his most recent bestsellers include Host, Cell, Death Benefit, Cure, and Charlatans. It is once again my pleasure to welcome Robin Cook back to this program to talk about Genesis. Robin, thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Well, it's great to have you here. In thinking about DNA as kind of a backdrop for this, DNA has been with us so long, or we've been talking about it so long now, it's a little bit like the frog in boiling water. We've come to accept it, and yet we don't really understand the full implications. Talk a little bit about that that in (laughs) the context of Genesis. Well, you're exactly right. Um, And uh, people sort of talk about it and and yet really don't quite understand a lot of the issues involved. And and from the point of view of a doctor, uh, which I think of myself more as a doctor than a writer, you know, I'm a doctor who happens to write, I am really excited about all this DNA stuff because it's ultimately going to completely change medicine and make medicine more, uh, much, much better um, because medicine is, is going to become progressively more personal in the sense that uh, our therapies will be directed to our specific DNA. And, um, and to give you an example of that, um, a lot of times drugs are accepted as being efficacious if they help of five percent of the people, but when you think about that, that's ninety-five percent don't get helped. <laughs> so, how many people want? You know, would you really want to take that drug? Um, whereas in the future, I think that's going to be turned around, and they'll find out with people with this specific DNA, this drug will be ninety-five percent effective, or something of that sort. So from a medical therapeutic point of view, the DNA, our DNA, uh, is is going to be really, really progressively more and more important. So I'm very interested in that regard. But I've also, just like everyone else, I've, I've heard in the background the fact that so many people are excited about genealogical DNA. You know, you, you take, you get this thing in the mail and you, you put some saliva in it and you send it off and then you wait for three or four weeks and you come back with what they call a kit and and with this kit you can then uh, potentially you can say well I, I think my ethnicity is I'm this much uh, you know from Ireland and I'm not so sure that all is all, all that true but the other stuff is really true in the sense that 
it can give you an uh, idea of other people who have done the same thing because this library is getting progressively large. You know, somewhere's around 15, 20 million, and it keeps expanding every day. What they can give you is they can give you a list of people who have already sent in their DNA where you have a certain amount of matching. Little pieces and parts of your DNA are similar to somebody, you know, f- from across the country and, and whatnot. And, and if you know exactly how much DNA is matched, you can sort of get an idea of the potential closeness you are in terms of being related. Now, that's the really fun part because um, you, can, you can learn things about your family that you cannot learn any other way. You can't learn it by go, hiring huge detectives and going and looking at marriage uh, death certificates, marriage certificates and whatnot and who went where and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can find out stuff that you can't even find out that way. And that's the exciting part and that's what caught my attention. It caught my attention when the Golden State Killer out there in California um, was caught after all these years. Um, and it was because as a rapist, uh, he was uh, regularly leaving his DNA and, um, and it finally caught up to him. And that's what caught my attention. And I said to myself, I've got to look into this. I've got to understand this a little bit more and exactly how it works. And, and is it really that powerful? Is it? And, and so I started doing the research and that's of course the only fun part about being a writer is doing the research. And as you said at the outset, when you talked about the excitement of DNA in terms of the medical potential, is that it is very personal, which means that that when you do this testing, and particularly as the, as the testing advances and the cutting edge advances, that there is the ability to know a lot more personal information, medical information about you. And in a world where there are privacy concerns, in a world where being personal with DNA can make you better, it can also have bad consequences. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that is a concern. And uh, I'm glad the fact that they are, people are generally thinking about that aspect of it. There's already been uh, some laws that have been passed uh, to make it so that uh, you can't be discriminated against because of your specific DNA, etc. But you know, the fact that there even has to be laws means that that's a worry and that's a concern. And, um, but at the same time, um, the idea of trying to keep your DNA secret is, is also going out the window because all you do is you go into a Starbucks and you get a, a cup of coffee and you drink the coffee and then you leave the cup. There's your DNA. Right. And uh, it's going to be impossible not to. It's impossible not to leave your DNA all over the place. And of so, course, when you send it in to the these ancestry places or what have you, or you know, wanting to get information, it's part of as as you say this huge database, and you really have very little control over what what really is going on with it. Well, they they are at least giving lip service to it and you can you can uh, suggest that here's what you want to do with your sample or whatever um but you know there's no uh, 
they the company re- recognizes that there's no chain of uh, uh, between you and that sample. They don't really know that's you. I mean, you could have taken the little thing and and gotten this saliva from your dog, and you send that in. And uh, so it can't be used like in the court of law or anything like that. It that's that's an impossibility. And in fact, in in Genesis, it it angers the main character when she suggests let's use dna and try to find this person and and then the, she's told by the powers that be no 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 uh the our dna lab cannot have anything to do with any of these commercial labs because we have to have this chain of command or or um, uh, of evidence etc and we can't have anything if we did, we'd lose our our credibility and uh, whatnot, and it irritates her actually because she at first saw this as oh I'm gonna I'm gonna find this individual and uh, we have the best the, the New York City ME Medical Examiner's Office has the best DNA lab in the world and um, so uh, but then she's told no you can't do that we cannot be associated with that at all. We cannot have any association with these commercial DNA companies. And that kind of irritates her. So she has to get around that, and uh, which is part of the, the fun of the book. And of course, anything that can be used for good, as you've written about in so many medical areas and with so much medical technology, anything that uh, can be positive, malevolent people getting a hold of it can turn it around. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but it is exciting, and and it's the it's 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 the the where the future is is going, where we're going, and um, and that's why I really uh, I was excited about putting this in a book, because in some respects this isn't a typical Robin Cook book. <laughs> Most people think of Robin Cook books as more like um, uh, where there's a some sort of danger. Um, medical danger that they didn't know about, um, starting with coma. Uh, right. You know, the people went in to uh, to have a little operation and find out that they're being used for transplant organs. Um, and you, this you, one doesn't you've, have that. You've terrified us going to hospitals. Now we'll be afraid well, you know to that, send a DNA sample. <laughs> but that that was actually my goal to tell you the truth. When I first wrote Coma, one of the things that bothered me is that people didn't realize that hospitals, you should stay out of hospital. Don't go in the hospital. <laughs> and I remember people saying to me, "Oh, I'm so exhausted. I think I should check myself into a hospital." No, no, don't do that. It's very dangerous. Hospitals are the most dangerous place in the entire city. And so you only want to go in there if you have to. If anybody gets anything out of my books, that's one of the major messages. As you did your DNA research, what were the things that that you began to really understand that might make you or or potential readers down the road afraid of of DNA and what it has the potential to do? Um, Well, the privacy issue is the main one, really. But um, uh, because otherwise, I I just think it's it's a goldmine as a doctor to... to, to think that DNA is going to really open up and make our th- 
therapies so much better that we will know before we do something, before uh, we use a drug, whether it's going to work or not. And um, that, to me, trumps any of the potential problem aspects in terms of privacy issues. Uh, I'm more excited than I am worried. Um, And uh, it it really is going to change medicine. How will it change the way medicine is practiced and what we need to be afraid of? Coming back to the whole hospital issue, what we need to be afraid of, how DNA and all that information will help us avoid some of the pitfalls that you've written about in the past. Well, um, I think uh, the more we learn about DNA and, and its association um, with, with uh, health, uh, the better medicine can get, not only in terms of therapy, but also in terms of ther- uh, prevention. And to tell you the truth, that's the most important part. Um, to me, uh, prevention, you know, the, that old saying, you know, prevention is worth a pound of cure, is so true. And the more we know uh, about DNA and the more we can anticipate we can then prevent a lot of the uh, the diseases that are so prevalent today um, that we will we'll know if if people have a have a, a, a tendency to develop some problem um, then how can we make it so that it doesn't happen and uh, those are those are the things that I'm the most excited about and uh, uh, but also um, knowing which people are going to respond to specific therapies and, and drugs, et cetera, is also important. But, but it's the prevention side uh, or the anticipation and knowing that somebody has a, a tendency to come down with such and such a disease. So how can we, what can we do, how, what lifestyle changes can we institute so that doesn't happen? Are the privacy fears that we talked about before, are they justified? Is there a danger that if your DNA information does get into the wrong hands, that it can be used for bad? Well, uh, if anybody reads my novel, Marker, <laughs> <laughs> um, is where what was going on is that these, this nurse was being paid a lot of money to uh, get rid of or kill, actually kill patients who they knew had DNA that anticipated that they were going to get a major um, disease and the insurance company didn't want to pay for it. So let's get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there you go. I mean, uh, it can't get any worse than that. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, I mean, there are possibilities. But, you know, all that, ironically enough, is is one of the biggest arguments for Medicare for all, um, and uh, that we don't want. I mean, insurance companies, you know, they they want to make a profit, and um, and if they do ha- end up with somebody, oh my gosh, why did we why did we sell this person a, a, a policy uh, because then now they have this, and and we're going to be paying for this for twenty years, and. Um, it's it's interesting with all the fear that that people may have about the medical establishment and about hospitals, some of which you've you've rightly contributed to. Their fear of insurance companies may be greater. 
<laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, the whole concept of insurance is it only works if everybody's involved. If, no, if not everybody is involved, um, and unfortunately it's become sort of a partisan issue, but it doesn't work. Uh, insurance doesn't work. You, you can't have only sick people uh, with insurance because the, the, the premium will be, you know, uh, sky high. And so it doesn't work. The only way insurance works is that if a whole group of people decide, let's pool risk. Because that's right. what insurance is. It's pooling risk. And uh, if you know who's going to get sick, that's not pooling risk. Because then you, you exclude that person. And, um, and that's why in, uh, health insurance for profit is, is, is kind of an oxymoron. Talk a little bit about the things that you're researching now, the things that you're looking at in the medical world that might be fodder, might be material for, for books down the road, things that, that interest you, not to necessarily scare you yet, but that interest you now. Oh, well, um, uh, what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's what I'm researching right now. I'm researching uh, uh, health insurance. Um, and um, I want to write, I, I did write Marker, um, but that was kind of way out there. And that is, uh, you know, um, kind of a, a real scary story. But, you know, you don't have to drum up a scary story to find Awful stories in our culture, in, in the United States. Awful stories of people um, and families that are decimated um, because of the way our system has evolved. So I am researching that right now and feel that, that it deserves another Robin Cook book. <laughs> Well, we will, and, uh, we, we will look forward to that one. In the meantime, we're all looking forward to reading Genesis, the latest novel by Robin Cook, our guest today. Robin, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you.